I know this is kind of the last hurrah of the summer. Hard to believe that as far as it relates to family vacations and stuff like that. Aaron and Lauren and kids are away on a little vacation this week. I know we've got some others in our church family that are traveling, so that we might be a little thin this morning. But we're glad that you guys are here. Got to meet some new faces uh, uh, right before the service. We really are a relational church, which means we care about knowing you personally and getting connected with you. Uh, the other way you can mention, in addition to the, what was on the screen, the other thing I wanted to mention was in our bulletin, we have a connection card inside there that's just really nice. I just want to say this every now and then too for our veterans here. This is also a means by which you can share your prayer requests and things like that. If you have an interest in various ministries, another one of our passions is to see everybody connected and serving in some way, shape, or form. So make sure that you take, the mo- take a moment, fill that out, uh, and turn that in. Let me mention as well, as we're talking about the blessing of God today. Anybody notice we got some little landscaping going on outside? Anybody check that out? My passion, you guys know I like flowers, all right? I think most of you know I like flowers. I like them a lot. Um, I'm not a sissy though, but I like flowers, all right? And that side of our building has always looked more like a fortress, and it's not very inviting. It's lots of bricks, you're with me, Chris. I appreciate the support this morning. There's lots of bricks, and there's little windows, and there's big air conditioning units, and it's just not very pretty. But then you get on this side of the building, pretty. You guys with me? So we're going to spread the beauty on that side of the building. We've been planting all kinds of stuff. We want to get our sign down out there. We've got a couple more entryway signs coming uh, this fall, and, uh, and it's going to be beautiful. All right. And here's what makes it so beautiful. We also don't have a full-time gardener around here, which people remind me, hey, if you plant those, people have to take care of them. I mean, you know what I'm talking about there. So guess what we're planting? Perennials. Aren't perennials beautiful? Every year, what do they do? They just they just pop right out and they glory and they have the glory in the sun and then they die and then you do nothing. You don't trim them, you don't cut them, you don't shape them and they just whoop, gone, whoop, gone till Jesus comes. How I many you know that's a good plan right there? So that's what's going to be happening. Uh, and, uh, and, and again, we appreciate your financial faithfulness this summer. We've been talking about supernatural blessing. Last Sunday, this was important. I, I, I'm just going to share this as a highlight. In Matthew or Mark chapter 8, Jesus tells two stories. He, he, ta- he talked about the feeding of the 5,000. He alluded to it, and then he alluded to the feeding of the 4,000. Both of the, mer- the miraculous uh, stories. Hey, you guys just hold on. I'm not done yet, all right? Um, <laughs> this was not the way last service went. I'm, I'm ad-libbing here, all right? But this is important because the Lord established a critical point here, all right? How many of you know the feeding of the 5,000 wasn't really accurate because that just included the men? So let me put it into context. Jesus fed Crown Point with five loaves and two fishes, because that's about how many people we're probably talking about, about 30,000 people or so with women and children. And the feeding of the 4,000, that doesn't do it justice either, because that was just the guys that had, they had counted, all right? So how many of you know, this was miraculous. It was huge. I shared with you last week the buckets. Okay, baskets. Where's my basket? If I asked you what size baskets did Jesus have 12 leftovers in, most people would think kind of like a lunchbox, right? Nice little basket. They went around, they collected up scraps. There was 12 of these nice little cute baskets for take-homes, kind of like Old Testament, you know, Tupperware or something like that. 
Well, I told you last week, if you were here, the basket, the word in the Greek used for the basket in Mark's account of the feeding of the 4,000 was the same basket that Paul was put in when he put him over the wall to get him out safely because people were trying to kill him. How many of you know even Jesus' Tupperware is bigger than ours, all right? I mean, I'm trying to, like, we're talking about not a few little scraps. We're talking about baskets of food left over, tons of food left over. And remember the boys in that passage, Jesus and the guys crossing over, they forgot lunch. And then they started in a very adolescent fashion, pointing the fingers at each other. I mean, you know, these guys were not sophisticated spiritual giants, all right? You, what do you mean you didn't bring the lunch? I was on the kitchen table. How come you didn't grab it on the way out? What are we going to eat? And Jesus hears all this. He just got done feeding like a gazillion people on nothing. Y'all know, and he looks at him and he goes, I'm paraphrasing. What is the matter with you guys? Why have you not figured this out yet? Weren't you there at what we, remember the site we just came from? What is the problem? I mean, you know, there's something like really important when Jesus does those miracles. He wants us to get in our hearts. And I, I keep hearing the echoes of the Lord sometimes like now going, hey, Ron. Don't you understand? Yeah. We had a gal first service, all right? Her name was Becca. She called us. We get lots of requests for things at Living Stones, you know, people needing help and all that, which is good. We want to be helpful. And we get help. We get calls from people from parachurch ministries that are trying to raise support. And how many of you know the first thing I think about when that happens in my mind is I'm like, you know what? The first priority is our church family. And then if we have any leftovers, then we can share them with other people that aren't part of our ministry or whatever, because we're already doing a lot of stuff for missions. How many of you know that sounds really sensible? But can I tell you something? God is not sensible. God is crazy, in a good crazy. Let me tell you what I mean by that. God never works within the parameters of like the natural, well, we really shouldn't give because we, we might not have enough. I just hear the Lord saying, where were you, Ron? In fact, I heard him say this to me this week. What are you preaching on when this girl called up? And I'm thinking, I don't really know if I need to meet with her. And I don't know if we really need to support her. Because here's what happened. She got born again, radically saved at IU. How I many you know good things can still happen at State University? All right, She got radically saved at IU. She called me up. She says God's leading her to be a part of the same campus ministry that she got born again in. And could, could we help her? So Sherry can attest. She comes in. Instantly, the Holy Spirit within me is like, this girl's a live wire. She's the real deal. She got rocked. And she's getting ready to give me this whole spiel. And I'm like, nope, we're going to support you. And we love you. And we're excited about you. Because here's the deal. Here's what the Lord shared with my heart. You know what? Act as if what I just said in the Bible is really true. (laughs) I mean, you know, they're not just good stories, folks. We're supposed to act on them. Because they are true, and they're patterns, and they're models for us. But here's the thing. Many times, it's not like the Lord says, someone comes to you with a need, and you go, oh, we got a bunch of leftovers. Let me go grab you a sack of pulled pork from last week's picnic. We'll share it with you. No, when people come, there's no pulled pork leftovers. The refrigerator's empty. But the Lord's saying, will you serve? Will you give? Will you invest? And you're like, but then you go to the refrigerator because you're going to go get the leftovers that aren't there. They don't exist. And you open up the refrigerator and guess what's in the refrigerator? Leftovers! But they're not there until you've determined that you're going to obey God. Does this make sense? So I just want to encourage us. If we want to see the supernatural, Lord, you know, 
Come with your supernatural power. We need to see it. Oh, no, no, no. We just sang about it. Well, you're not never going to see it till you're pushed to the edge of who you are and what you have in the natural. Amen? That just makes sense. Otherwise, you don't need supernatural. You just need natural. So I want to encourage you. Who knows where we're going as Americans? Who knows what the next crisis is going to be? It seems like we're really specializing in them right now. But we do know one thing. God is faithful. And the supernatural provision I'm talking about is so that we get to a place in our spirits where our default is simply to trust God and that we're not going to freak out. Amen. Now, guys, how's that for an introduction? All right. I want to pray over the offering and we're going to sow. Lord, thank you for our people. Thank you for their love for you. Thank you, God, for your goodness and faithfulness to us. As we give now, we ask your blessing upon it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Open up Numbers chapter 6. I'm going to have you guys uh, do some double work here. Numbers chapter 6. Has anybody besides me enjoyed that song, The Blessing? That Carrie Job's new song, we sang it last week. Oh my gosh. The more you get into it, the more the Holy Spirit just takes you right out of here, all right? It's just awesome. The Blessing. The blessing comes from Numbers chapter 6, and I want to put that on the screen if you guys can follow along with me. Numbers chapter 6, I want to read that this morning, and I want to unpackage it. I told my wife and others in my family, I said, I'm so excited about Sunday, I can hardly contain myself. Now, please hear me. It's not to hear myself speak at three different services on Sunday morning. It's not me that gets me excited. It is the truth of God's Word that gets me so excited. In fact, I asked the Lord to help me get out of the way so I don't screw it up. Y'all know what I'm talking about. This is God's word to us, and this is good news. How many of you figured out, too, that the gospel is good news, which means we should be smiling as we're hearing it because good news is about to come your way. Not bad news, not the evening news, not mainstream media. Good news! It's the gospel, and it's coming your way right now. So Numbers chapter 6, I want to read uh, beginning in verse 22. Now, how many of you came from churches where in the bulletin it laid out the order of service, and it ended with the benediction? Anybody know what I'm talking about? The benediction. The word benediction literally means the good words. It's the good words that the priest or the pastor would speak at the end of the service over the people. All right. It's, I mean, you know, God's words are all good words. So we're speaking God's words, good words over the people. That's what benediction means. So Aaron would share this and would speak this over God's gathered people. Let's read it together. It says in verse 22, then the Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron and his sons to bless the people of Israel with this special blessing. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. How many know that's a good blessing right there? And look at verse 27. Whenever Aaron and his sons bless the people of Israel in my name, I myself will bless them. Now, I want to establish something, and I've, I've done this in a previous series on, called I Am Puny, where we talked about the character of God. But I, I want you to get, get the weight of what I'm talking about here. The fact that our God, by nature, loves to bless should stun you, because none of the other world religions have gods who love to bless. 
They have to be coerced into blessing. They have to have blood sacrifices offered. They have to have you know, good deeds done. They have to have other kind of sacrificial things done. Incantations, whatever. We have to make the demon spirits be nice to us because generally speaking, they're not good or generally speaking, whatever deity is worshipped is not good. How many of you know Christianity is absolutely unique in the fact of this point right here? God, by nature, is a blesser. I mean, this is good news because he could be like a curser. <laughs> you know, he could wake up every day and say, ah, curse you guys. You know, I mean, but he doesn't. He blesses us. In fact, it's his nature to bless us. This is not on the PowerPoint because it's fresh from this morning, but I wanted to pull this out and share this with you to give an idea about what I'm talking about. Just listen. This is God's word. Psalm 100, verse 5. For the Lord is always good. I mean, you know, that's good news right there. Always good. It says, he is always loving and kind. Not sometimes. Always. And here's the last part. His faithfulness goes on and on to each succeeding generation. Now, this is amazing. So when you wake up today and you face your day, here's here's the truth you need to hear. God's actions towards you are always kind. Isn't that what the Bible said? God's actions towards you are always good. He's not going to harm you. He's not going to hurt you. He's for you. He's not against you. This is who he is by nature. Isn't this good news? Okay, one person agrees. Guys got to help me out here. This is good news. God's, God's, God's disposition towards you as you awake and you say, hello, Father, is to bless you. That's who he is. In fact, go go all the way back to Genesis chapter 1. Look at what it says in Genesis chapter 1, one of the earliest portions of Scripture. Then God blessed them. What's he doing from the the earliest point in the redemption story? He's blessing people. What did that look like? Well, God spoke words of blessing over Adam and Eve as he commissioned them to be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, take dominion. He blessed them. He's a blesser. I'm just trying to establish this because it's very, very important. In fact, the word barak for bless, that's the Hebrew word, is used over 330 times in the Old Testament. So God is blessing all over the place. Now, something else that's important for you to know is in this context, when it says Aaron spoke the blessing over the people, the Lord bless you, the Lord keep you. Notice that word you over and over and over again. That word you in the English language could be either plural you or singular you, right? An individual. Guess what it is in the Hebrew there? While it's spoken over all y'all, in the Hebrew, it is used in the singular. It means God is speaking, Kenny, he's speaking to you. May the Lord bless Kenny. May the Lord bless Chris. May the Lord bless Jim. May the Lord bless Tina. This is a spoken personal word, blessing from God over each of you individually. So y'all ready for that? It's not just a general Bible principle. This ironic priesthood blessing was spoken to you, meaning you personally. It is for you and I as much as it was for them, all right? It is the blessing of God over our lives. Now, the source of the blessing is the Lord. Three times here, the Lord, may the Lord, may the Lord. How many of you know God does not have a stuttering problem? 
When God repeats his name three times in three verses, he is trying to establish something very important. That word in the, in the Hebrew is Yahweh. This is God's power name. This is God's main identity. This is the name that's so holy that the Hebrew folks could not even speak it. This is why in the Old Testament that he's referred to in our Bibles as Jehovah. How many of you heard of Jehovah Nisi, the Lord our victory? Uh, Jehovah Jireh, the Lord our provider. The, Jehovah Sidkenu, the Lord our righteousness. There's a whole bunch of those Jehovah and some other name attached on to it all through the Old Testament, all kinds of names of God. Now, why is it important for God to reveal himself to us in all these kinds of names? Because how many of you know the name of God is attached to the blessing of God? It's attached to something he's trying to bring to us, something he's trying to reveal about himself. So check this out. When we pray as Christians, how do we end our prayers? We certainly say amen, which means so be it. But before the amen, what do we usually say? In Jesus' name. Now, why do, we, why do we invoke the name of Jesus? Because that's where all the authority and power comes from. I could just pray this morning or I could say, hey, I'm going to bless you all. Well, who cares? You, my blessing's no better than anybody else's blessing. But when it's the blessing of Yahweh, when it's the blessing of the Father spoken over our lives, everything that that name is comes with the blessing. Does that make sense? So for instance, when we invoke the presence of God and the blessing of Yahweh as the source, what happens is when we remind you and I remind myself, first of all, of Yahweh, we remind of who he is, that's his character. We remind ourselves of what he has done, that's his faithfulness to us. And we remind ourselves of what he promises to do, which is what his covenant is. So notice who he is, what he's done, what he promises to do. So when, when, the, when the priest would say, the Lord Yahweh, when he bless you in Yahweh's name, that's all the stuff that should be going in our mind. This is God's faithfulness in the past, his goodness, his character, and his faithfulness in the future. Those are all running through our minds. Now let's take a look here at the substance of God's blessing in this prayer. What is it that Aaron is praying over the people? Um, First of all, he says, the Lord bless you. I want to break this word down because it's an exciting word. It's, how many of you know in the Hebrew, words are very colorful. They have multiple meanings and multiple pictures associated with them. The first thing that this word bless means in the Hebrew is to salute. You might be thinking, that's strange. The Lord salute you. Uh, because in the natural, how many of you know, we, in the military, for instance, the subordinate office uh, salutes the offices that are higher, right? So why would God be saluting us? I mean, he's, he is Yahweh. He is the great I am. He's actually saluting us. Well, how about this? Y'all remember the kingdom of God is turned upside down, right? It's not the way the world operates. In the kingdom of God, if you want to be the greatest, you have to be the least. If you want to be the leader, you have to be the servant. Could you imagine the word picture of God saluting you as if to honor you out of, out of love for you and respect for you, which is what the salute signifies? Uh, so he salutes you. All right, look at the second uh, part of this word. Letter B. It means to kneel down. Have any of you worked in children's ministry? You know, you don't usually have like six foot ten guys working in children's ministry. Hey, what you doing, kid? You know, freaking everybody out. What do you do if you want to be successful in children's ministry? Have you ever seen people do this? They get right down eye level. Hi there. What's your name? Whatever. You guys get the point, all right? 
Some of you young people that are here, you've got to help me out. I'm doing, I'm doing my best to be a children's worker today. What does God do when He tries to bless us? He gets down and He kneels, so we're eye to eye with Him. In other words, He comes to our level. How many know the blessing of God is not just some cosmic God out there uh, that's throwing blessings here and there? Jesus Christ came and knelt in terms of Him coming right into the midst of what's going on. Right? He became one of us. And he knelt to get eye to eye with us so he could bless us. Now it gets better, okay? So he salutes us. He kneels. Let's go up to the next one. There we go. To kiss on the mouth. This actually conveys the idea of mouth-to-mouth resuscitation if somebody's dead. That's a powerful picture, isn't it? What does God do when he blesses us? He salutes us. He kneels to get right at our level. And this is what my mom does so well with her grandkids. She grabs their chubby little cheeks and she goes, and she any of you know what I'm talking about? Sherry, you're nodding on that. Tina, you ever kiss any chubby little grandkid cheeks? Imagine God Almighty looking you in your adorable little face, pulling you close and giving you a big kiss to convey his fatherly love and affection for you. This is a powerful picture, is it not? We're moving on. That's just the first three. He speaks words of excellence over you. How many of you have ever had people speak things to you that were not the truth about you? Words that are damaging words, cursing words, negative words. Isn't it beautiful that the picture of God Almighty salutes you, kneels before you, pulls you close, kisses you, and then he begins to tell you the truth about who you are. This is so awesome. How many of you know in the book of Revelation, it says that God will give us a new name? And I just have this theory that the new name is the name that really captures who we are and who God intended for us to be all along. Sometimes we, get, we give people weird names, names that don't fit them, names that are mean names, whatever. But God's got a name for you that accurately captures the beauty of who he created you to be. And he's going to give it to you someday. It's going to be awesome. So we speak words of excellence about, go to the next one, to make peace. Now this doesn't mean just you're anxious and all of a sudden your mind and your emotions go to peace mode. This means, in the biblical sense, peace means a right ordering of things. It means your life is brought into order so there's actually peace results. The first order, we've got to get in right relationship with God, but then we've got to get our lives ordered here. How many of you know the blessing of God will bring order to your life? Now, we're going to talk about obedience in the weeks to come because the blessing isn't some magical incantation. Uh, The blessing comes when we're blessable, all right? When we walk in obedience to the Lord, when we walk in faithfulness to covenant, um, God brings alignment to our lives. But when things are in proper alignment, there's peace. Anybody ever throw your back out or or some of those kind of things and all of a sudden you got to go see the chiropractor and, you know, my kids always laugh because at this season of my life, I'm kind of gotten tight, you know, and when the chiropractor does that, I'm always going, ah, ah, and I think everybody in all the rooms next to me freaks out, but it's quite a show. I'll invite you guys to come next time. He never seems to make anything pop though because I'm just, I guess I'm just too wound up. But how many of you know when you're out of order and, and that happens, or how many of you had it done with your neck where they just kind of wiggle around and they catch you off guard, and they flip your neck like that, and it goes, Doo! anybody know what I'm talking about? I love that. That's called peace. Because everything was stressy, and all of a sudden, one little adjustment, and everything comes into order. That's the blessing of God. He brings us into order so that his peace rests on us. And let's go to the last one there. Oh, this is good. How many of you know prosperity is not a dirty word? 
I've heard of some people in their theology that say, oh, is that church one of those prosperity teaching churches? Now, I know what they mean. What they mean is we should not be preaching that the greater faith we have, the more stuff we own. That, that's not biblical. All right, I can tell you right now there's people in foreign countries preaching the gospel that have great faith and not a lot of material things. So that's not what we're talking about. But how many of you know prosperity is better than poverty any day of the week? And almost in America, I feel like we need a reorientation that blessing is better than cursing. That have is better than have not. You know, capitalism uh, has gone wrong only because people forgot the purpose of their blessing. The capital part is good. It creates wealth. The problem is when we forget who we are, we use the wealth in wrong ways, which is why people are tired of selfish, rich, greedy people. But but capitalism is one of the greatest means by which we, we have created wealth economically and, and, and historically in this country, which is a good lesson now because we've got all kinds of socialists running around that want to burn everything down. But anyway, prosperity is good. God's intent is to cause you to prosper. You can get this in your heart because there are people that struggle to get traction. I'm not sure if I should do this. I'm not sure if I'm going to be blessed. Uh, am I going to prosper in this or whatever? This blessing is conveys pro- that God wants to prosper. He wants to cause you to be successful in what he's called you to do. Now, how many of you know if you believe this, it would change the way you approach your life? Oh, I'm such a loser. I don't know if I could ever do that. I can't do this. I can't do that. What if you just believe that God was blessing you? He saluted you. He knelt down in front of you. He grabbed your cute little cheeks. He kissed you on the face. He's told you the truth about yourself. He brought peace to your life so that he could prosper you. That's what it means to bless, by the way. The Lord bless you. Let's go to the next one. The Lord keep you. Or how about this? Protect you. Is this not a timely word? We got all kinds of people freaking out today about what's going on. Everyone. Everybody's uptight. Can, can we go to, the, to the, that psalm that I have on there? There we go. I think it's Psalm 121 in my notes. If you're writing notes down, Psalm 121, verse 5. Read along with me. The Lord himself watches over you. Whenever we would go to the beach with my eight children, especially when they were younger, everybody had a buddy. And I was everybody's buddy as well. Any parents know what I'm talking about? You take your kids to the beach when they're all little and you're you're laying on the beach. And is it relaxing? No. You're laying there like this. Trying to get a suntan. Hey, get in. You're out a little bit far. Hey, where'd the other one go? Hey, come in closer this way. Hey, no, no, no. And you're like, oh my gosh, I got to get off this vacation so I can go home and relax. The Lord himself watches over you. Is this not good news or what? Like, hey man, who's got my back? The Lord. In fact, see that word himself? I like the way that's there for emphasis. The Lord himself watches over you. This is incredible. The Lord stands beside you as a protective shade. The sun's not going to harm you by day, nor the moon by night. It gets, it gets gooder and gooder. The Lord keeps you from all harm, and he watches over your life. The Lord keeps watch over you as you come and as you go, both now and for 
I mean, you know, if you meditated on this instead of getting the daily coronavirus update, you'd be happy. And you know, let me kind of just tell you this. This will protect you more than an expert. I'm going to say that again. This will protect you more than a mask. Not that you should have. I'm not, I'm not going there. I'm just saying. That promise is worth more than all the nonsense we got going on right now. Because that promise, listen to me, is thus saith the word of the Lord. That's God's word right there. That's, God's, that's what he said, not me. Sometimes the problem is we don't either believe it or we don't wrap our hearts around it or meditate on it. But I'm just telling you, part of the blessing that we're going to speak today and in the days to come includes protection. Look at what Psalm 27, 1 says. You all know this. The Lord is my light and my salvation. So why should I be afraid? The Lord is my fortress, protecting me from danger. So why should I tremble? Now, can I just tell you something? Fearful people will still go to heaven. That doesn't disqualify you. But can I just tell you something else? You cannot walk in the blessing of God and live in fear at the same time. You can't do it. Because the promise is, why should you be afraid? Why should you live in a spirit of fear? The greater reality is the protection and provision of God. So when your mind is like a dog chasing its tail, anxiety, what if, what if, what if, oh my gosh, oh no, 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 no. You're not living as a believer, I'm just telling you. You might be a believer, but you're not living as a believer. Because part of what the blessing of God is, is to protect you. So do you believe it? That's what I'm asking. Do you believe it? Do you believe that God himself personally is watching over your life? Because that was what the word of the Lord said. This next one gets even gooder and gooder. We go from blessing to protecting. How about this one? May the Lord smile upon you. Some of you have grown up in families where your daddy was either not happy or not around. And when you picture God, he ain't happy and he's not around, and he can't be trusted. Can I just tell you something? The blessing of God, when he kneels down face-to-face with Jim, his son, and he looks him in the eyes. When I kneel down, now I'm the little guy, and Jim's the big guy. (laughs) But when God looks at you to bless you, there is a smile on his face. And the smile is one of delight, which means he's crazy about you. I don't know if many people in the church believe God's crazy about them. They know Jesus loves them and died on the cross for their sins, but let's put it in a different vernacular. Do you know that God is crazy about you and he thinks the world of you and you bring a smile to his face every time he thinks about you? Because the smile of God says this, I delight in you, I care for you, I protect you, I love you, and how about this? It's going to be all right. I got you covered. Look at look at the, this next scripture, Psalm 67, I believe. Look at that. You guys are all impressed, but I preached this three times now. Don't be that impressed. I'm remembering. All right. May God be merciful and bless us. And look at the next verse. May his face smile on us with favor. Do you know that part of the blessing of God is him smiling over your life with joy, and it's a sign that he's for you and not against you. It's his favor. It's his blessing. 
Now, here's the cool thing. God's face is a metaphor for his loving presence. When God's face shines on us, that means his blessing and his deliverance follow. Now, I'd never seen this before, but look with me on the screen. Psalm 44, verse 3. Got a lot of scripture for you today. Psalm 44, 3. Talking about Israel. They did not conquer the land with their sword. So it wasn't about their, their might or their power. It was not their strong arm that gave them victory. It was your right hand and strong arm. And look at the last part here. The blinding light from your face that helped them for you love them. This is so cool. I never thought that God could defeat his enemies simply by the smile of his face. How many of you don't know? I've never thought like smiles as a weapon. Any of you ever watched those MMA fighters, Kenny? You know, they get together. Chris, can you be my MMA fighter? Put your bottle down. Yeah, you got to be super dead. What do they do when they're doing the weigh-in? Go ahead and stand up. Doing the weigh-in, right? Oh, yeah, they flex their muscles. And have you noticed they get real close, like real close, like spitting close. And do they say nice things to each other? No. They're just going, they're trying to intimidate. What I would always love to do if I were ever in that situation, and don't hold your breath, all right, because I'm probably not. But I would like to go up to the guy who's scowling and all manifesting demons and all that kind of stuff. And I would just like to go like this. Just smile at him. And underneath my calm demeanor, I'd be going, I am going to destroy you. (laughs) In about 30 seconds or less, I'm going to destroy you. But just smile. You know how disarming and powerful the smile is? Because the smile, thank you, you did a great job. The smile says, my father has my back. God has this under control. When God smiled, the, the, the light of his countenance came out and defeated all the enemies, sent them in dismay. They couldn't, they couldn't handle the glory of the Lord through the face of God. God's face towards you now is one of love and kindness and goodness, and he's here for you, and he loves you, and he cares about you. That's the truth about the blessing of God. All right, go to the next one. He is gracious to you. This word in the Hebrew, we know about the word in the Greek, but in the Hebrew, it's an amazing word because here's what's happening with the word grace. One party has this incredible gift and the other party has this incredible need. And so the one with the incredible gift graciously gives that gift to the person with the incredible need and instantly Grace, grace transaction takes place. Now, of course, what are we talking about? That's a picture of Jesus in the New Testament. It's a picture about Jesus bringing grace to us through his sacrificial death on the cross. Look at Ephesians 1, 7, and 8 with me. I love this Philip's translation. It is through the Son at the cost of his own blood that we are redeemed, that is freely forgiven through that full and generous grace which has overflowed into our lives and opened our eyes to the truth. So the blood of Jesus shed for us on Calvary opened the door to this tidal wave of grace that is available for us. Well, what's grace, Pastor? It's the strength and ability and the resources you need to deal with every single situation in life. Now, let me just 
add parenthetically here, this message is not about God's blessing means we never have to go through any struggles in life. We all know that's not true. Jesus said, in fact, just the opposite. In this life, you're going to have many trials, tribulations, etc. But the grace of God is what pushes us over the top. It's what makes us victors. It's what gives us the power that we need, the control we need, the wisdom that we need, whatever it is that we need. God's grace is the thing that supplies that for us. All right, let me go to the next one here. Verse or number five. Uh, may he bless you with his favor. You know, when we sing that song, uh, the blessing, my, one of my favorite parts is when we start saying out loud, he is for you. He is for you. He is for you. And we must sing that about 15 times in the song. But I'll tell you what, there's something about repetition that helps get it from here to here. And I remember the first time we sang that song here, when we were singing, he is for you. Something just broke in me, and I just started weeping on stage. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Have you ever had those experiences when the truth gets from right here down into here? Something broke in me because the truth of the matter is God is for us. That means his favor. That means his blessing. That means his anointing. That means his smile. All of that is wrapped up in the word favor. Now, this is important because we're going we're gonna to wake up tomorrow morning, Monday, by the grace of God, and we'll go off and do our work, and we'll face our challenges, and we'll homeschool our kids. We'll do all the things that we're doing. But here's what I want to challenge you with. Do you do all of that with a, with a conscious realization that you are surrounded by the favor of God to bring you success in what you do? Look at the next verse. This is a great verse. For you, O Lord, will bless the righteous. With favor you surround him as with a shield. Isn't this a good promise? What does a shield do? It protects us, right? The shield is not just in front of us. This God's shield is all around us, bringing his favor to us. Which means as we go about the Lord's business, God's backing is with us. God's goodness is with us. God's provision is with us. That's what favor means. So when you're, when you're going out to work, gentlemen, and you got business that has to happen and on and on, whatever those things are, do you approach it like saying, Lord, I thank you for your favor. I thank you, God, for wisdom right now. Lord, show me what to do. Lord, bless this deal. Lord, prosper this decision. Those are the kinds of, of prayers we should be praying because that's the kind of provision God's trying to bring to us. All right, go to the next verse. This is a good one too. I'm just trying to pepper you guys with some truth. Your favor, O Lord, made me as secure as a mountain. I was on a mountain a week ago. Mountains don't just like get lost. They don't get misplaced. They, hey, did anybody know where that mountain went? I mean, how I mean, you know mountains are pretty like solid? They're like big. They don't move a lot. They're, they're there. They're secure. God says his favor actually creates in us a sense of strength to where we're not shaken. I mean, we're solid, we're secure, just like a mountain. Anybody want some of that in their life? So look at, look at what we've covered so far. We talked about the blessing of God. We talked about God keeping us and protecting us. We talked about the smile of God, his joy over our lives. We talked about the gracious heart of God, bringing us the strength and the power that we need. We talked about the favor of God. And let me end with this. The, the peace of God, the peace of God. When we talk about the peace, a peace in the Bible, the word shalom, it's more than just the absence of stress or strife. And it's more than just happy feelings. It carries with it this incredible sense of completeness and wholeness. You know, last Sunday we sang another one of my favorite songs. Anybody love that song, No Longer a Slave to Sin, I Am a Child of God? And then we start going, whoa, whoa, whoa. 
and it just builds, and before you know it, you're just like, I am surrounded. Why are you laughing at me, Kirsty? You know what I'm talking about. Uh, with songs of deliverance, and we start singing about this whole identity of what it means to be a son or a daughter. That's because of the peace that's been made with us between God the Father and Jesus Christ, the Son on the cross, so that there's peace, all right? How many of you know when you're a son or you're a daughter, it's a game changer? When you finally understand what it means to be a son or a daughter, that you're loved, that you've been adopted into the family. And how about this one? How about when Jesus says, you're no longer servants, but I call you friends. Can I just ask you guys a question? Is there any identity better than being a friend of Yahweh, our covenant-keeping creator of the universe, separates seas into, into highways, raises up dry bones, and turns them into armies. Is there any better relationship you could possibly have than being called a friend of God? I mean, you know, that in and of itself means favor, means blessing, means provision. A friend of God. Meaning, you know, when I see my friend Johnny out there, I'm looking at Johnny. I feel joy in my heart. I'm smiling right now on the inside, Johnny. I'm smiling on the outside too when I see you. Why? Because you're a friend. I like you. When, you're, when a friend comes into your house, what's the first thing you do? You smile because you're excited. God calls us friends. This is incredible. His peace, friends, new identity, relationship with him. So that when he speaks his blessing over us, this is what's all included in it. I mean, you know, we are given such an unfair ex- advantage in life because of our identity and because of the blessing of God. Now, let me just share something with you. How many of you know you can love the Lord and be full of anxiety? How many of you know you can, you can love the Lord and be going to heaven, you pray the prayer, you ask Jesus in your heart, but all these things we talked about in the blessing are not operative in your life? Like, how does that work? Well, we're going to talk about faith, and we're going to talk about obedience and some of these things. But I like to look at it like this. Imagine I'm holding an umbrella here that signifies a canopy of God's kingdom, all right? Jesus said his kingdom was about righteousness and peace and joy. Those are three things he mentioned in the Holy Spirit. That's what the kingdom of God is, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So let me show you something. If I want to live in the kingdom of God, and I'm angry or full of bitterness or full of fear, all that means is I just stepped outside of the umbrella and I'm, I'm out on my own. Because you know when I'm anxious and full of fear and all that's when I'm living life for me under my own resources. So when I catch myself out here and I'm not experiencing the emotions that I should be living in in the kingdom of God, it doesn't mean I, I lost my salvation. It simply means I need to get back under the provision. And so what I do is I say, Lord, forgive me. I've lost my joy because I'm anxious about this money situation. Oh my gosh, we're sending a kid to college again. How many more does this have to happen? How many more times? And the Lord reminds me, they're your kids. Oh yeah, good point. All right. um, But issues come up. Anybody know what I'm talking about? So, So you're thinking about this financial situation and all of a sudden you go from thinking about it to worrying about it and now you can't sleep at night all God wants you to do is go, wait a minute, wait a minute, I've been snookered, I'm, I'm following the enemy over here, I'm not thinking right, I'm not processing this right. So what do you do? You repent, 
And you just say, no, 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 I am going to move in this blessing. And you step back under the umbrella and you begin to worship the Lord and you begin to thank him for his provision. Same thing with uh, peace. Man, I'm over here. Oh my gosh, I'm freaking out about everything that's going on. Well, one thing that I did in my house, I used to, I used to have this bad habit. Before I went to bed at night, I laid in bed and I watched the news. I mean, you know, that'll suck the peace out of you in a second. And so I started going, wait a minute. I'm supposed to be living in the kingdom of God, and I'm over here. That stinking news channel just sucked all the joy and all the peace out of me, and I'm angry and screaming at the television set. I move right back under the provision. And then I learned to live in the peace of God. Now, please hear me. I'm not saying be ignorant about what's going on in our culture. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying watch the things in your life that have the tendency to pull you away from God and to cause you to live outside of the blessing of God. Wouldn't it be great every night before you go to bed and before you start in the morning to just, especially while we're in this series, just read the blessing of God over your life every single day. And you personalize it. Lord, I thank you that you bless me. Picture the Lord kneeling, grabbing you by the cheeks, kissing you, speaking over you, causing you to prosper, because that's what that word means. And Lord, I thank you for keeping me. And I thank you that your smile is upon me, that you love me and you're not quitting on me. You know, some of you have this view of God. It's like, oh, you screwed up too much. Autumn, Autumn, what am I going to do with you? Oh my gosh, I thought you'd be farther along by now. Oh my goodness. And you think God has this attitude of you. No, he doesn't. He's like, yep, that's my girl. I love her. She's in progress. I'm going to finish what I began in her. Today's a good day. See this, this face, Autumn? That means I love you and I'm for you. And you're precious to me and you're my daughter. And I redeemed you. I gave you my son. That's how much I love you. Don't ever forget that. All right, let's go and, uh, and begin this day. Th- these are the things we remind ourselves with. Because listen, people that know God and people who move in the blessing of God are people that do amazing exploits for God. And you end up leaving a big impact with your life. This is making sense. So here's the deal. If we're going to be about the mission of God, we have to move in the blessing of God. Well, what's that look like? Well, how about this? Let's love people this week. Let's open our homes to people. Let's invest in people. Oh, but it's not in the budget. Well, neither were the fish and loaves, but God has a way of taking care. If you'll operate in supernatural faith and you'll love people and you'll do what Jesus is telling you to do, you'll see God begin to do things that will blow your mind. So stand to your feet with me and here's what we're going to do. How many of you believe that Numbers chapter 6 is written for you? Okay, two of you. Great. Awesome. All right. Let's try that again. How many of you believe number six is for you? All right. I want to see that. All right. Good. Now, I was sharing first service. Sometimes I look at people and they don't do nothing. They're just like, no, I don't believe number six. Nah. Don't know why I'm even here today. Sometimes I looked, I looked at one lady this morning. She did this. Okay. That's a guilt wave right there. That's not a full conviction wave. All right. Other people, my head will go like this and they're not. And when I get to... Then they raise their, no, how many of you believe number six blessing is for you personally? I mean, I mean it. You, this is, this is the word of God because we're going to have an interaction here. If the word of God is not received in faith and you digest it and apply it, it's worthless. So if you're with me this morning, I want you to lift your hands and I want to pray this blessing over you. God's promise to us is whenever Pastor Ron, verse 27 
blesses the people of living stones in my name, I myself will bless them. So here we go. Let's receive this together. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord protect you. May the Lord smile on you with his wonderful kindness. May he be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and may the Lord give you his peace. Now, Father, we thank you. This is not some magical incantation. This is the promise from your mouth spoken through your leaders as a blessing over your people. And it's a personal blessing. So, Father, we receive it right now. Father, may these realities become uh, true and real in us. May they move from our head down to our spirit. God, may we begin to function as a people blessed of the Lord. Father, I pray that you prosper us. I pray that you cause our, our borders to be enlarged. I pray for salvation. I pray for deliverance and healing. I pray, God, for a move of righteousness across this nation, Lord. God, we're believing you for big things. God, bigger impact in the nations of the world. So thank you for the blessing. Thank you for the heavenly kiss. Thank you, Lord, for the smile that says, keep going. I'm proud of you. Thank you for the words of life that you speak over us, God. Thank you that your opinion matters more than anybody else's opinion. So, Lord, we trust you and we believe you. And if you call us blessed, that's who we are. If you call us friends, that's who we are. If you call us sons and daughters, that's who we are. So, Lord, thank you that you said all these things. And, Lord, that this is the good news of the gospel, that fallen sinners could be saved through Jesus Christ and brought in to a place of blessing, not a place of cursing. So, Lord, use us this week, even as we walk out of here, we walk out with our heads held high, knowing who we are in Christ Jesus. And, Lord, I just pray you manifest your favor and your goodness and your kindness through us this week. Use us to touch many, many people, Lord. We'll give you all the glory and the honor and the praise now in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, amen. Come on, let's honor him with a round of applause. We love you, Lord.